Uh, Morning, team. I'm just saying goodbye to Christo, you know. I have to do this sort of bonding session at the end of the day. I give him a couple of strawberries. He says to me, oh, I've got to cycle home. And I go, you're mad. Because there's nothing... It's fine at the beginning of the night when you come in to do a programme and you cycle in because you're awake. And, ah, la, la, la. and then when you've done the programme, at the end of it, you just want to sit in the back of a car or get on a train or a bus and just go home. You don't want to cycle. But he's doing it because he's going on holidays. He's going to Mykonos. And uh, he'll have a nice time. I hope the weather's good for him. I hope the weather's good for everybody here. Do you know, was yesterday good or bad? I can't remember. Mediocre, wasn't it? No, I'll tell you what, it rained. Just remember, it was terrible, wasn't it? I can't remember from day to day. Actually. Where am I? What day is it? Today's Wednesday. After the newsroom, I think it's Thursday today. I think a very strange... And I was, I'm in a bit of a dilemma. And you might better help me out on this dilemma, because I'm not normally the sort of person who's stingy with money. In fact, if anything, I am the most generous person I know. I'm not stingy with money at all. But because I went on to this coconut water and I'd read an article on it and I thought, that sounds quite... I'm going to get some of this coconut water. Because we used to call it years ago coconut milk. But coconut milk is the inside of the coconut scraped out and, uh, and then squeezed like a pulp, and then you get the coconut milk. Coconut water is different. Coconut water is where you just slice the top of the coconut, and you stick a straw, and then you drink it. And it looks... I mean, I love it, because we used to have it in Hong Kong all the time, and it brought back great memories. And so I'd read about it, and they were saying, celebrities love this stuff, it's, it's the latest superfood, Madonna loves it, and I thought, oh, I wish she wouldn't. Because, unfortunately, the moment a celebrity... Sorry, I'm just signing on, actually. Uh, ..likes the, these kind of things, the price goes up. And so it was, I'm afraid, that the price went up for this blasted water. Because I went out the other day, and in fact on... Yes, Sunday it was, um, when Jonathan Levi brought some in for me. And he said, I found this coconut water. And I went, fantastic. I said, how much? And he said it was £3.99. I went, £3.99 for a litre of this coconut? I mean, I wouldn't mind, but in poor countries... Coconuts are the staple diet. If they knew how... Ex- it, it's more expensive than orange juice and smooth... It's more expensive than anything I've ever, ever had before. But I suppose because they go, oh, we've just discovered it. It's like cherries at the moment. Cherries are ludicrously expensive. So I refuse to buy them. I've become mean on certain things. It's not like me at all. So I go out yesterday and I have a look. And I'm thinking, right, now where will they sell coconut water? I'd already tried before, but I thought I'll try again. I'll go to Waitrose. Because Waitrose does everything. You can guarantee that Waitrose... I mean, it's almost the kind of store where you feel like saying, well, listen, you don't have it, do you want to order it? Because if Madonna's talked about it, and there's been huge features in the paper, you'd have to be a bit daft not to stock the blooming thing. Because I'm sure I can't be the only one who's been in there and asked for coconut water. And they look at you blankly, like, hmm? You go, well, it's been in the... Don't you read the papers? Blimey, I read the papers every day, and there it is. So, uh, so we go and I scout round the shelves of Waitrose again. We've got quite a big Waitrose in Twickenham. No, so we ask, do you have any coconut water? No, we don't. They look at you blankly. because they, they always sort of go, no. They don't really know what you're talking about. They go, no. Computer says no. So off they... So we, we sort of toddle off. I thought, right, where are they going to have it? Holland and Barrett. Now, I knew they had it in Holland and Barrett because I checked online. And they can all, they, and you, you can buy it online. So I go to Holland and Barrett. So bearing in mind that Jonathan Levi paid three pound ninety nine, I'm thinking, well, Holland and Barrett's a chain store; they'll be cheap. Four pound forty eight. Well, I'm not paying four pound forty eight for a litre of coconut water. I'm just not. It's got a bit. Well, I've tried everywhere. So we go to another health food shop in Richmond, and they were charging four pound fifty eight. I mean, I'm thought it's just coconut water for God's sake. It's cheaper. He paid three ninety nine, and I thought that was bad enough. 
It's quite expensive. I, I need to go to a West Indian shop, because they've got to do it. Oh, fell in. I'm just going to buy coconuts and drill into them. My producer's got a nice... Anyway, and so I thought, really, it'd be a quite a good idea if I get out there with a drill. But I remember from years ago, winning a coconut at the fun fair, taking it home and spending the next three months trying to open the blasted thing, because they're not easy. You try holding a nut that big. Christo has got experience of this over the years. He's been to fun fairs. And he's taken it home and he's held, you know, and, and you try, you don't know what to do with it. And yet I've seen them doing it on the television where they get a machete and they just go, and they slice the top off. Well, I'm not allowed to do that because of the health risk. But I said to, I said to Christo, have you ever seen nuts this big? And he hadn't. His little eyes lit up and he said, do you know, coconut waters, he said, it's too expensive. He said, even for hard-working people like us, it's too expensive. So I thought, OK. So I don't know what to do. I'm in a dilemma. I want to drink it because I'm thinking of the benefits. And, and I'm not prepared to spend £4.50 for a litre. It's making me feel... Not even once. No, it's making me feel mean. All right, I'll buy it today. Because I thought about it driving in and I thought, it's £4.50. I'm buying into something. If Madonna hadn't said she liked the blooming stuff, it would have been about one sixty. But because she likes it and it's difficult to get, and some people oh, we've sold out. You know, why can't they just, I thought all the corner shops should do it. Should be like mango juice. At one time, mango juice was really expensive. Now, mango juice is dead cheap, you know, 99p a litre. And I love mango juice. But coconut water is better for you. Much, much better. So I'll go out today and buy some, and then we can, then we can try it in the studio tomorrow. But I love it. I re- some people hate it. Absolutely loathe it. Anyway, apart from that, I thought I'd get that off my chest. Because I was, I was just thinking, why don't supermarkets do as they did years ago? You know, you go to the corner shop, and uh, you go, do you have so-and-so? They go, no, I'll order it in for you. I've had that before with places. I've said, no, honestly, seriously, don't... It, uh, honestly, it doesn't matter. Because you then feel <laughs> you're stuck with it for the rest of your life. And I did watch Britain's Got Talent in the early hours of this morning. Or was it last night? Probably yesterday, actually, on, on catch-up play. And I can't help feeling that... What a, what a bunch of numpties we've got on there. And this was the best. This was the best. We had some bloke who thought he was the cruise ship director or something, who's got the fake tan, the wig on, the hat, and can't sing... And all I kept thinking was, I'm not interested in the audience in the Britain's Got Talent studio, because they'll happily clap along to a singing cricket. I wouldn't have thought they were remotely bothered. All I, all I keep thinking is, what is the audience at the Royal Variety going to be thinking? Now, I, I go to Royal Variety every year. We always sit there, and you can tell if an act is not liked, because the audience sit there in stunned silence. I've seen comedians, I've known comedians, who've walked on and off to the sound of their own feet. They're not... You know, the, the, the audience are very unforgiving at Royal Variety. And the Queen, I mean, she doesn't want to sit through. Half this rubbish on last night, you couldn't have put on with the Queen. The only people you could put on were the, uh, the young uh, girls and the boys who were doing the Adagio Act, who had made an effort. I'm sorry, a dancing blooming dog I'm not interested in. I'm really not interested in a dancing dog. I wasn't interested in some poor little 16-year-old who sang flat as a pancake. And then Amanda... <laughs> actually sort of raved over him and said, oh, that was the best thing ever. Because Piers Morgan and I were on the same line on that one, which is rare, and neither of them, you know, just didn't think he was any good. It's no good. If somebody's not good, what they do is they surround themselves with lots of other people. So then it takes away from the fact that they're not particularly good. And this kid wasn't very good. The girl's singing wasn't very good. Uh, What else do we have? We had, oh, the regurgitator. Now, he's been around for years. Doing this act, he's been around for ages and ages. He did cheat a bit yesterday. There was a bit of a bad, a bad steal that he did, which didn't look so good. Um, but the rest of it, it's, it's regurgitating. 
And Amanda Holton is fascinated by anybody who can bring anything up, having just swallowed it. And they all sit there thinking, is he really doing it? And the answer is, yes, he is really doing it. It's, no, it's not a trick. He, he can actually... How you'd ever discover you did regurgitating? I've got no idea. I sit there in wonderment thinking, there's a trick to do, isn't there? Oh, look, here we are. I'm going to eat my dinner. And, oh, look, I'm bringing it back up again for you. I'm always fascinated. <laughs> I sit there. But I just didn't think that on a stage the Queen would be interested in watching a regurgitator. I didn't think she'd be interested in listening to a, a 16-year-old. who was very sweet, but he sang flat. Absolutely flat as a pancake. Amanda Holder must be tone deaf if she didn't hear it was flat. So many... And I thought, and you've got all the way through to this... Then they brought on, at the end, diversity. And I suddenly realised they're OK, but they're nothing special. They were like the special guests at the end, diversity, doing... You know, I mean, I do that stuff. All this kind of, I do that robotic dancing. I do it around the building here. I can do moonwalking. I could do all of that kind of thing. I just choose not to. I to go on television. But uh, I, I think the, the young, I think they're called Spellbound, and that's the, uh, the girls and the boys, who work hard. They changed their hair colour, they got some new costumes, they've made an effort. They didn't do the same act as they did last time. So that's why they get my vote. And the audience love them as well, but at the end of the day, don't worry about what that audience think, because it, it makes no difference at all. It's, it's what the royal family will be thinking. Is it a show, is it, is it an act you can put through uh, for the royal variety performance? I did love, I know Christo was mentioning it earlier on, he's back incidentally tomorrow morning with you. Bless his heart, if he can get home on his little bicycle. <laughs> I say his bicycle, it's a tricycle really, he's got three wheels and a stabiliser. <laughs> big red, the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and... He loves it, he's, just, he's putting off going home as long as possible. Because he just, he just doesn't want to, he just doesn't want to go. He'd be happier leaving the bike here and uh, and getting the bus but he's got to take the bicycle home because to take the bicycle home you've got to bring it back in again and he's doing this to try and to try and get his his stomach down he said well by next week ladies and gentlemen hell, i mean i ask you hell could freeze over quicker than that stomach it's not gonna happen listen you're not overweight it's fine provided you don't take anything off on the beach you'll be great and nobody will complain you won't find the Japanese coming in, trying to cram you into a small tin. You know, you don't need to worry about anything like that. You look fine. People like chubbies on Mykonos. They really do. <laughs> There's something for everybody on Mykonos, including you. <laughs> you did the wags. Did you do the wags earlier on? I'm looking at these pictures. I did laugh at you. Who's the one that we're not saking? Theo Walcott is not going. And Melanie Slade. I bet she's spitting blood at the moment. I want to go over there. So they've got pictures of all the wags. They're years old pictures. You've got one here called Montana Manning. I've never even heard of Montana Manning. But she's 22. She's the other half of Aaron Lennon, the Spurs midfielder. <laughs> Apparently she comes from a stage school. She had a small part in the Harry Potter movie. Uh, three years with Aaron. And she's a model, actress, whatever. She's a more, that's what they call her. In other words, she's what's commonly known in the business as desperate. Prone to accidentally flashing her knickers whenever a photographer happens to be around. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Tacky, tacky, tacky. Chantal Tago, I think. Other half of Emil Heskey, the Aston Villa striker. And, um... Style, busty, burlesque. They're all a bit rough, actually, these wags. I mean, I don't want to be rude about them, but, you know, Alex Curran in these pictures looks quite attractive, but it was taken years ago. Christine Bleakley uh, is also here. Oh, yeah, I think we should just wait for them, shall we? I don't mind, you know, I, I can go to them immediately if you like, and I can sort of, you know, make up the stories. I love what you said. You suddenly realised, didn't you? So good looking at his stomach. I'm telling you, it's not going to vanish while you're looking at it. You could massage that forever. And it, and it wouldn't happen at all. So they've also got Colleen Rooney. 
Uh, Ellie Darby. And some, Abigail Clancy, they're years old, these pictures. And Christine Bleakley, who at 31 must be the oldest hag, sorry, wag, in the business. Rebecca Ellison, Tony Poole, that's John Terry's uh, other half, otherwise known as the doormat. Bless her heart. Hello. Here you are, here your headlines Thank your you text. so much, it's very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's our new AP working on that, gets extra money if he stays behind for half an hour. He gets an extra shilling and another strawberry. Very happy, you know, very happy. It's uh, quarter past five-ish. <laughs> News headlines. BP face another headache as oil continues to leak into the Gulf of Mexico. US officials have started a criminal investigation into what's happened. Israel is, is promising that 42 British nationals detained in the country will be released in the next 48 hours. And the England football squad fly to South Africa later, carrying the nation's hopes. Have a check on the state of the road. Your hope for today is Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning, Willing Collins. I mean, to be honest, they are the biggest I've ever seen. I've just been explaining to Christo, if you cycle, you don't lose the weight on your stomach because you're not bent... Are you, are you bent over your handlebars? Difficult to tell, isn't it, half the time? But anyway, I mean, because the only thing you're going to get is strong legs. Because they're the only bits that are moving up and down. Like So cyclists, they start thin. Believe you me, they don't start... There was a woman on the train yesterday. I mean, she was fat. And she was putting makeup on. And I'm saying, you're wasting your time. It's not taking away from your stomach. And she was on a bicycle. And all you're going to end up with is, is strong legs. And you've got strong legs. I have. Many people have said, you can crack walnuts between those thighs. Coconuts. I'll bring them in tomorrow. See you later. Poor soul, honestly. No, you have to tell people the truth. I'm sorry, I'm not one of these people who goes around the houses. It's like the other day. What was it I was, I was watching? Louis, oh, that's right. Louis Walsh was, was talking on Peter Andre's programme, which I have to be honest, I've given up after day one. You know, day one you watch, and then you suddenly realise he's not offering anything new on the television. He's just a bit bland. So uh, didn't bother with that anymore. But Louis Walsh was asked about people in the business being false. And he said, they're all false. He said, he said, people said, oh, you're, you know, you're, it's like the, the Lorraine Kelly. You're great. You're fantastic. I love you. You're marvellous. Oh, you're wonderful. Yes, of course I work five days a week to keep my job. Uh, you're marvellous. And, and then, unfortunately, behind the scenes, people, people bad mouth each other. And Louis was saying about the, you know, the boy bands and the bands that you meet, you know, where they're all sweetness and light in front of it. And hello, we all love each other. It's a backstage. Is it they're all ripping each other's chest hair out and stuff like Which reminds me about Dave Berry, actually. And I don't want to go on about poor Dave Berry. But every time the poor lad sees me now, it, a look of panic. It, it looks like a rabbit caught in the headlights. A fairly attractive rabbit, but a rabbit nevertheless. And it's ever since I mentioned that I'd seen him on television a few weeks ago. And he, I saw him the other day. And he does this programme where, they, where they, they take somebody and they look at their every aspect of their career and work out whether you like them or whether you don't like them and they use a couple of journos it's quite nice but he was wearing this v-neck top and because he's sort of young and a bit street and and he's thin why is it all the people who present the xfm breakfast show are thick there's nobody overweight there's no okay there's two right but there's but the people who do the breakfast show are all thin and to emphasize the fact that they're thin they wear thin trousers i don't know where you get thin trousers from I did go once to a shop, and it's got one name. It's not Jane's, it's... Uh, one of our sports boys used to wear these trousers all the time from this shop. It's, it's, um, they do girl stuff and boy stuff, and it's one name. And I think it's... Anyway, whatever it is, I went in there. A, they don't do my waist size, which is really embarrassing. And secondly, those that I did find one pair, and I thought they, they were yellow jeans, and I thought, I'll wear yellow jeans. I know, I know, a fool at my age, but there you go. I thought I'd buy them because I saw them on something, they looked good, and I thought, I'll wear white jeans. And then I suddenly realised, no, I can't wear this stuff. 
I couldn't get them past my knees. These things are so tight, and and even with lying down on the floor, there was no chance that these things were going to fit at all. So I, I just Zara, is it Zara? No, not Zara. No, it might be Zara. But anyway, so in the end, I couldn't buy them. But Dave Berry's got all these tight clothes. I mean, his suits must be made by Mother Care because I've never seen anything so small. You know, when you go past Mother Care and they've got little tiny, you go, oh, that's so cute. He's got these clothes, but he wears them. There's nothing, but he was wearing this V-neck thing. And and in the middle of it was a little bit of chest hair. Not not proper Burt Reynolds butch chest, chest hair, but sort of little chest hair. And I was thinking, sort of straggly, it's, sort of, it's the kind of thing, I'm surprised the girlfriend hasn't whipped it off. You know what I'm saying? And, and I looked at it and I thought, do you know, I've got a little machine for that. You just have to go, and it would go, and he would look even more attractive. So anyway, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Well, they've only lifted it off the blooming programme. They've only played it back on XFM. As it, you know, and now, of course, I'm seen as that, that funny bloke down the corridor wants to shave his chest hair off. So every time I walk past, he waves. I don't think he knows it's me. I think he's just, does he know it's me? Oh, right. And I'm, I sort of wave at him. You can see he's clutching his crucifix like there's no tomorrow. He quite clearly thinks, I'm just going to walk in there, they're going to pin his arms back, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shave his chest hair off, which, of course, is not going to happen for at least two days. Anyway, I don't want to sort of worry him or anything like that. But I just, I just, it's that funny bit of hair in the middle. You know, and, and you know, David Beckham shaves all his off. David does that. Victoria told us years ago, well, you, you could... See, the trouble is, waxing I don't have a problem with, but most men go, ow, 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 ow. But the trouble is with Dave Berry, once you start, you know, with the... Che- you're going to move, aren't you? You're going to carry on over the body. You're going to have to wax everything. You know, he could be lying face down on a table. I don't know whether or not this is in their remit for the XFM breakfast show. <laughs> I suspect it's probably not. And then they played it out on choices. What's going on? Got no secrets around here. You know what it is, because most of them, as they're coming into the studio, they're not listening to music because they, they, they like to start with a clean slate, so they're, they're, not, they're not, you know, listening to it. So whenever I, I come in here in the morning, what am I listening Nothing, actually. I don't listen to anything until I come into the building. I'm not hearing anything, because otherwise I get a bit confused with what I'm supposed to be doing. So they all listen to LBC, and then they come in. Yesterday, was it the other day? Lucy from Choi brings me in a bottle of wine. I mean, you know, like the last thing you buy me is a bottle, but it's a really nice bottle of red wine. I don't drink red wine, but it's, she said it was a nice bottle, so I'm keeping it. The only thing I don't drink is red wine, but I'm too polite to say anything. So I'd, I've just told her that. No, she won't be hearing. She won't be hearing. She's getting married shortly. Uh, Joni is celebrating a birthday today. Lots of love from Peter. Shall I tell them, Joni, how old you are? You're 60. Six. I think 60's all right, actually. When I get near it, I'll let you know. Uh, Russell was in Morrison's the other day, and they sell coconut water in tins. I don't want to buy it in tins. Uh, we want a carton. Uh, Amit in Brixton imports water coconuts. Box of 12 for 15 quid. I'll deliver tomorrow. I don't think we've got £15 between us. Very poor. Very poor. Uh, and Joni has written in as well, because she said the dreaded birthday has arrived, 60. You see, I think 60 is a state of mind. I think 60 is fine. This morning, I'm being treated to a swim and breakfast at the Hampton Lido. Ooh. That's nice. Tonight being taken to see grumpy old women at the Novello. So thank Peter, his girlfriend Daisy, and my friends Jenny, Dennis and Tony for all the help last Saturday night with the party. I noticed I didn't get an invite. You know, happy enough to mention it on the programme. Was there an invite that arrived? I don't think so. I'll have a check through the post again, Joni, but I didn't... didn't they drank the coconut water. <laughs> Do you know, this coconut water's lovely. I mean, I love it. I really love it. 
I'm gonna, I'll, I'll buy some today. I'll push the boat out and try and get a loan from the bank, see if I can buy some. Uh, yes, remortgage the property. Actually, it's dreadful. Um, I know of an actor, a very famous actor, who's having to sell his house at the moment because work is so thin on the ground, and he's already remortgaged, and now it's got to the stage where he's got to sell his, his property. And that's terrible. Because there's a guy in the paper today, and I think I remember telling you the story a while ago, he's Robbie Williams' hairdresser, introduced by our favourite Jonathan Wilkes in Los Angeles. Well, you remember, the, the reason that this hairdresser came up in conversation is because he hanged himself because he was very depressed, and he lived in a, uh, a shack or a property or whatever it was, like a log cabin, in the grounds of Robbie's house over here. And it turned out the reason he was living there, according to the papers today, was that his house had been repossessed, because like loads of people, including the Duchess of York, uh, he got himself into financial difficulty. Couldn't afford to pay the mortgage. The company repossessed. And believe you me, I know this for a fact, it's got to be a long way down the line before they repossess. They will do anything. There's no, no interest to them to repossess your property. They want the money for the mortgage. So they will literally, you know, if you go three months in arrears... The computer will then generate a letter. Nobody in the branch has got the faintest idea who you are. The computer will, will generate a letter saying you're three months in arrears. So, in, so technically, you could always be three months in arrears, provided you then pay a month off. So you go back to two months. They don't bother with two months. Three months in arrears. Then you start getting the other letters, and then it goes to branch, and it'll be flagged up on the computer, and the branch manager will then contact you and say, listen, you know, can we help you out? Can we go on to interest-free? Can we, you know, do deferred payments? You know, what's your long-term prospects for employment? They'll do anything not to repossess. The one thing that they will repossess over is if you totally ignore them. If you just sit down and ignore the letters, and you don't, you don't, you know, you think, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do that some other time, and you go, which loads of people do. Loads of people do. I've done it myself in the past. I remember years ago being in trouble with the bank, and I and I went I went overdrawn to the tune of about thirty thousand quid, which seems like a lot of money at the time. No, Dale was thirty thousand. I was about ten thousand. Ten thousand pounds overdrawn. It was a load of money, and they called me in, and we sort of sat down and we tried to work it all out. And all I kept thinking was, I wish you'd all go away. Because you just want to close your... You don't want to know about it. You just think, oh, perhaps the, you know, the tooth fairy will come down and drop 10,000 quid or I'll win the lottery or something. You think something will happen. Never blooming well does, does it? <laughs> so, uh, so that's what you've got to do. You've got to talk to people. You've got to talk to the bank manager. You've got to talk to the mortgage... Any, any of those sort of people. Anyway, let's, talk about, let's not talk about depressing things. You know, yesterday we were talking about going up Mount Everest and it being a bit of a jaunt through a field. Because when the... Uh, the Radio 1, the Stucky did it. And a few other people. It was, you know, they're doing it in high heels. Well, he wasn't, but I suppose he wanted to. And they're all going through this field. Do you know, I dreamt about it last night. I dreamt about going to the top of Everest. How did I get there? Helicopter. The helicopter takes off. I'm sitting in there, and it goes up. And then we're in the cloud, and we're, we're, we're going parallel with Everest. And I'm looking at it thinking, wow. And then we get to the very top of Everest, and the helicopter is hovering over the top peak of Everest. And all of a sudden, the helicopter starts getting buffeted, and I'm going, I'm really scared. I think we've got to go down. I think we've got to go down. And they went, no, no, it's fine up here. I'll go, no, take me down. I'm really scared. And I suddenly realised then just how lonely Everest can be. Not like the little jaunt they do for the television programme. Uh, Steve, uh, try the milk cartons, tins, long life dried in Morrison, says Lisa. 
I don't see. I don't, I don't want anything in a tin. It's got to be a carton or nothing. Bridget said the dog was superb and won last night. Ugh. And Sasha says, I remember drinking coconut water straight from the coconut back home in Jamaica years ago. It's the best. You've now got me really thirsty for it. Well, I tell you, it's got to be cheaper in Jamaica. It'd be cheaper for me to get a flight to Jamaica, get a coconut off the tree, cut the blooming top off and drink it than it will be to buy the carton. But for the sake of peace on this programme, I'm going to go and buy two cartons today and we will, tomorrow morning, enjoy the liquid. This... I'm trying to think, actually, how many of us it would take to hold down Dave Barry. I reckon about three of us to hold him down. And then the shirt off, and then... Zzz, you, can, you can see the panic in his face already. <laughs> I think two of us could hold him down, actually. I think we could get Amanda to just sit on him. That would be enough. She's not doing her Yasser look today, which is quite nice, actually. She's gone for the, the Primark kind of look, which is nice. You know, it's nice. No, I mean, it's, it's a nice look, whatever it is. Uh, why, for most of us, life is all about me, 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 me. And to be honest with you, I was always told, look after yourself and let other people worry about themselves. Somebody always said, uh, the, the way that you get on in life is, if you like yourself, you've got no problem. And luckily, I love myself. I absolutely love myself. You know, I remember years ago, a friend of mine, we were talking about this a few, few weeks ago, and people were saying, oh, you know, are you going out with anybody? You know, oh, God, if you're not going out with anybody, you're going to be really lonely. You think, no, believe you me, it's much more fun not going out with anybody. You don't have to have all the hassles of, I'm sorry, you pulled the duvet off last night. All right. OK, who's not folded the... T- it's all these, all these hassles that go on at home. And the idea of having to share your toilet, I'm afraid, is awful. So what they have compiled is a list of acts which mean that you're selfish. So if you do any of these, you're selfish. You don't offer a lift to somebody. You know, somebody says, oh, are you going my way? No. I'm sorry, I'm really... I'm, I'm doing a detour. Because you don't want them sitting in the car. I'm doing a detour. Where are you going? I'm doing a detour. Right. <laughs> uh, pushing into a queue... If you push in, into a queue, that also means that uh, that you're in uh, in trouble. Oh, Paul Paul Cooper's going to get me fresh from the market large coconuts. Thank you, Paul. Can I have? Can I have? For, yes, a lovely bunch. The producer says. Can I have um, four coconuts? And can you shake them to make sure they've definitely got the water in as well? But as nothing worse, I said to the producer before. I said nothing worse than you shake it and it's dry. So if you give it a good shake, Paul, which I know you can. He'll be smiling to himself now. So he's, he's now going to go to uh, Western International and get me coconuts. <laughs> if you see this coconut water in a carton, let me know, Paul. Anyway, th- this is something else that means it's an act of selfishness. Not handing back money when somebody drops it. So far, I do all of these things. So far, I'm good. Not helping out colleagues. You see, I'm always helping people out. Blaming someone else. No, I don't do that. Not buying around. I always am the first one. Uh, but, yes, and the last of the one in between. And the one who's on his hands and knees out the door. Uh, borrowing something and not returning it. No, you've done that. You see, I've never done that. I always, always hand it back. Oh, it's because the excuse is they've moved away, she says. Picking a DVD without thinking about a partner. Well, <laughs> doesn't bother us, does it, really? Uh, not clearing up your mess. I hate people like this. I always clear up. Failing to open doors. I always open doors for people. Giving a smaller portion. Don't start me on that one. OK. So, always... Exactly. Making only your own cup of tea in the office. No, I mean, but the trouble is, the time of the morning I'm in, I'm about the only one in there. If you're busy. Making what you want for dinner without consulting somebody. Well, I mean, you know, 
No. Yeah, if you're cooking. Being unsympathetic, I'm always sympathetic. Forgetting a birthday. I do forget birthdays. I'm very good. If somebody tells me a birthday, I then send a card. So I'm, I'm, I'm good at doing that. Not contacting relatives. Well, that I'm not particularly good at. I'm not particularly good at that. As I've got a bit older, I've got possibly worse. Failing to let another driver in or give way. No, I'm very good at that. Uh, avoiding donating to charity. I don't mind donating to charity. I don't give to people sitting on the streets on their asses, holding out the hand. Yeah, or, or chuggers or anybody like that. Uh, and bad-mouthing somebody to look better. Oh, I do that all the time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God. How do you think I've survived this long? Oh, absolutely. With me? I don't think so. I think it was them. Yeah, it was him. Over there. He, he did it. La, 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 la. <laughs> so that's why. So for most of us in life, it's about me, 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 me. But there's nothing the matter with that, is there? Unless, of course, you're living in Guatemala, in which case it would have been, that was you, that was you, that was you, as a huge sinkhole opened up 200 feet deep. One minute there was a house there and a road, and the next minute, whoosh, it all vanished in a huge cloud of smoke. Now, these gaping holes, are you, they've been built up over thousands of years, and it's rainwater eating away at porous rock like limestone below the surface, weakening it and creating a honeycomb of caverns and caves which become packed with mud. Rainwater, and all of a sudden, ba-boom! And you look at this picture in the paper today, and it really is a sinker state. It really, this hole is enormous. I mean, you, you could lose buses, tri- you, could lose, you could lose a city in this thing. It's absolutely, it's the biggest hole I've ever seen. Look at that. that I mean, that oh, is just, dear. it's enormous. Mm. Imagine, Auntie Enid, where are you? A little voice coming from underneath there. It's not good, is it? More, honestly, more text messages. Just so popular. Incidentally, talking of popular, and I don't want to moan about it, but, um, what? That was, what? was it? Oh, that's why. God, I was keeling over. And, um, what have I got to? Um, what was I talking about? I've now completely forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> It'll come back to me in a moment. Somebody will let me know. Um, Steve says, I know a company that does your waste size. It's called Swish Rail. It's not nice, is it? It's not nice. It's probably true. The name of the shop is Zara. It's Swish Rail. They do this curtain rail. It's very... You get a lot of it. <laughs> Zara. Thank you, Margaret. Steve. Dancing dogs, please. The boy was no good. The gymnastics troupe, best to date. Read the coconut water. Go to Brixton or Peckham and don't get ripped off. I don't need to get... I have Paul Cooper. But can't see me in Brixton or Peckham, to be honest with you, Ken. I've driven, I've driven through Brixton very fast, or as fast as you can go through it. The traffic is terrible. So I went to Tottenham one day. Why did I go to Tottenham? Can't remember. Which is the other side of London from Brixton. I was, my sat-nav was having a really bad day. Very, very bad day. Yes, I went up in Dover that day. But, uh, no, I don't need to worry. Paul, Paul Cooper sorted out my coconuts for today. He'll have to buy a case of coconuts. But I think we're going to get cans. Oh, yeah, we're going to get... Uh, tomorrow we're going to be coconut mad on the programme. Mary says, I have the ID stamp, the big juicy strawberries, now I've got to get coconut water. Why'd you do this to me? I can't help it. I'm, I mentioned something on the programme and it sells out. I wish I'd not mentioned it. I don't think it's anything to do with Madonna having coconut water. I think it's to do with us having coconut water. Uh, I bought some in New York, says Anthony. I paid $167. That's about a pound to you. Delicious. Although it was flavoured with mango. Ooh, no. No, you don't want coconut milk. You just want coconut water. And it says coconut water on it. That's all you want. So there you go. Jamie's not feeling very well at the moment. He's a big fan of the programme. And, uh, and Graham says, you say you only get strong legs riding a bike. If you pedal up Mount Everest, you'll have muscles like the Hulk. 
Wouldn't be cycling up Mount Everest, let me tell you. Uh, Steve Hargraves with us a little bit later on this morning. Uh, Andrew says... Uh, I struggle through Britain's Got Talent tonight. Might say something about the talent in the UK today, but the dog act was the only one which displayed any performing ability. God, it's terrible. Oh, it's um, Andrew Pearce again today. I love it when Andrew Pearce does the morning show. You get to see his entire wardrobe in two days. Fantastic. All week, because Nick's, uh, Nick's sunning himself on a beach somewhere. Uh, Carol Malone is uh, going to be looking at the papers. to talk about the oil spillage. Uh, Ken's comeback. Does he stand a chance? Yes, says... Ken Livingstone. <laughs> no, says Brian Coleman. I wonder if people would, would vote for, uh, for Ken Livingstone. And the Wags. No Wags at the World Cup. Good thing. Yes, says Harry Harris, the ESPN football correspondent. But yes, uh, sorry, no, says Hilary Alexander. Have you seen Hilary Alexander? She's the woman who wears the glasses at the end of her nose. She's from, you, if you saw her, you'd go, oh, that's Hilary Alexander. But she actually said, yeah, Google her, you'll, you'll, you'll know her straight away. Fashion director at the Daily Telegraph. To be honest with you, the wags contribute nothing, absolutely nothing at all. And thank you to all of you who downloaded the programme during the month of May. It was massive. The audience figures were massive. Adrian says to me, the highest number you've had for two years for the Steve Allen podcast download. Woo-wee, wee Thank you for that very much indeed. What if it gets us much, you know who I mean now, you, you know her, you've seen the, you can... Spotter with the glasses. He says, do you do anything special to get people to download? Nope. I, d- I wrote back, I said, no, I don't. I just, sort of, I just sort of say, don't forget you can download the programme. And on Sunday, thousands upon thousands of you uh, visited and had a look at the pictures of Johnny and the coffee machine and everything else. Thousands of you. I'm really happy and thrilled. Thank you very much indeed. And if you don't know what podcasting is, and and don't go, I'm too old to podcast, because you're never too old to podcast, it's absolutely super easy. I mean, really, really super easy. And if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, you can have a look on there. From as little as £2 a month, you can download. I say from as little as £2 a month, because if you do it monthly, it's more expensive. Not much more, but it's cheaper if you take out six months. Much, much cheaper. Richard, thank you very much indeed. Uh, he's, he sent me a lovely thing. It's, it's a pair of shades with a built-in camera and camcorder into the side of it. And I, I did think to myself, of, exactly, I thought same as a producer. Why would I want something like that? Why would... But, but they're only about £100, actually, and I thought, if, if we're going to do Dave Berry, you know, you're going to need it recorded, aren't you? And if I'm wearing my dark glasses, I can film it at the same time. I mean, it's pretty... I'm not going to ambush him, No. Although now you've mentioned it, it seems like a fairly good idea. He's really terrified of me. <laughs> Even I'm getting terrified of me. Uh, thank you very much indeed um, for your uh, texts and emails this morning. One here on the subject of coconuts. Sarah Jane says, your enthusiasm has got me hooked on coconut water. I used to drink it a lot in Singapore. Asda seemed to have the cheapest. Grace coconut water, 32p in a handy-sized carton. Now, is that... Yeah, have, have you noticed any health benefits? I mean, that's what's what we need to know, because the producer's being... Not, not being... Being a vegetarian. She only eats something if it's got a health benefit. You know, it's... A, otherwise, why would you bother eating it? You know, it's a case of, you know... I'm only wearing my... Actually, she just walked in, actually. It's because she's taken a chair down a notch. I couldn't see the Yasser Arafat scarf. And I realised she's still got it. She's obviously loving it so much. It's a... She needs a new scarf, yeah. I'm not buying you one. You buy your own. Yeah, that was a subtle hint, wasn't it? Oh, I need a new scarf. La, 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 la. Oh, I've seen one in a catalogue. La, 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 la. That's what we get. Yeah. Of course you get from catalogue. Where'd you get that thing from? An old <laughs> H&M. Oh, I've seen an H&M shop. Never actually been in one at all. Uh, she's, got, she's got a voucher, she said. Got a voucher. Ooh, 
Oh, right. For your birthday. Was it your birthday? Of course it was. I got a DVD player. Anyway, other stories in the uh, papers today. I've got the strawberries there. Uh, and the strawberries are particularly good today. Actually, I gave Christo two strawberries. His little eyes, again, he went, God, yeah, he said, you know, I've never seen such big ones. I thought, you wait till you go to Mykonos, you'll see loads of things like that. They are the biggest strawberries. It's like if you go to the south of France, they've got the biggest peaches. They've got peaches the size of footballs over there. Dale and I used to buy them, and they were absolutely fantastic. I mean, they were they were just the biggest pe- and once you've buried your finger, like that, you know, oh, I tell you, I'll bring back some memories from many, many years ago. Charlotte Church was yesterday, come, it was a very long time ago, was comforted by the parents of Gavin Henson. Oh, shut up, you dreary twosome. First of all, he, to get over the split, has gone off with his mates on holiday, and apparently, yeah, they split up, Charlotte and Gav. I've only just sold a story to OK Magazine, and I've decided I'm not buying OK Magazine ever again. You know why? Front page this week, dreary Peter Andre, dreary Kerry Katona. I'm sorry, if you're going to put numpties and naffos on the front cover, I'm not interested. I'm really not interested. And what did they put on the front page the other week? Jack Tweed. Sorry, mateys down there. <laughs> not interested. Not interested. If you're going to put those, those sort of people on there, not interested. I'll tell you what I was interested in today. And the only reason I, I mention it is, is because I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing on the, uh, on the television last night. That two men had been arrested on suspicion of murdering PC Keith Blakelock. That was 25 years ago. These two were detained on Friday over the notorious killing during the riots, remember, on the Broadwater Farm Estate. Arrested and questioned for several hours before we released on bail. But I thought, 25 years ago this was. 25 years ago. And they're still keeping their eye on the ball. Uh, Britain's Got Talent. Oh, wait for the- I must tell you this one. Because this one, I thought, do you know, you really get some stupid people. People have complained to Ofcom about the regurgitator on Britain's Got Talent. I mean, because they say... Uh, it, it encouraged children to try dangerous behaviour. How stupid would these parents have to be? Have you got the thickest children in the world? Oh, look, he's swallowing a light bulb. Oh, he's brought it back up again. Oh, how unbelievable. Girl, you must be complaining about news bulletins. What thickos? They've complained to Ofcom because somebody regurgitates. How dumb do you have to be for that one? He's a regurgitator. They've been around for donkey's years. As I say, why don't you complain about some of the rubbish you get on the news bulletins? Far more applicable. 14 to 6. <laughs> News headlines, BP's facing a criminal and civil investigation into the oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. The company says it'll cooperate fully with the inquiries announced by the US government last night. Two teenagers arrested over the murder of a schoolboy at Victoria Tube Station have been released on bail. And the NHS watchdog is calling for a minimum price for alcohol sold in supermarkets and off-licences to try and combat Britain's binge-drinking culture. Check on the roads for you this morning. It's Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. A fairly steady... Do you know, there was a, a survey put out by YouGov the other day. Should gays be allowed in the Cabinet? How many of you know, have you never heard about such a stupid survey? This uh, YouGov survey, commissioned by The Sun, asked two questions relating to David Laws. The, f- uh, the third question was, should gay people be Cabinet Ministers? It's like saying, you know, should The Sun allow journalists to be gay? I believe there's quite a few down at The Sun. Some said a veritable fairyland at one point in the 70s. But uh, I wonder if they... Are journalists allowed to be gay now? Are newspaper editors allowed to be gay? People were getting very carried away, weren't they, the other day, about uh, certain members of the 
of the civil service who were earning more than the Prime Minister. One was on 257000 And somebody said, yeah, but he's, he's running the NHS. He's looking after this and doing that, or somebody was doing that and earning a lot of money. They said the editor of the Daily Mail's on over a million pounds. <sighs> looking after a few hundred people. Not the same. Simon and Ealing says, coconut water you can get from Whole Foods on Brewer Street in Soho. Two minutes walk from your studio. Or three if you go the way I do. £3.99 there. And on hot days... There's a West Indian guy who sells fresh chilled coconuts that he machetes the top off for you. They're £3 each and he's got a little stand by the river near Richmond Bridge where all the people sit. I know exactly where he is. I've seen him there before. I didn't know he did coconuts. So, but now I've got them from Paul Cooper. It's all looking very promising, isn't it? I mean, I quite like this idea. You've only got to mention something on the programme and either we whip up enthusiasm and you sit there or lie there going, oh, I think I want to go and try that. I need to go and try this. This coconut water sounds the new thing. Oh, dear. And uh, Mick in Bromley says, less than three weeks now till the longest day. Does it depress you, knowing that the nights will be drawing in as from the 21st of June? I tell you, that, well, one of the boys upstairs today, Michael, was saying, oh, I thought it was Thursday. And it gets a bit desperate when you start wishing your life away. I was explaining to Andy Hayes that, you know, you don't want to sort of will the week away quicker, because life goes by pretty fast anyway, without having to worry about, you know, I wish it was Thursday or I wish it was Saturday. You know, you go in on Monday and you go, mm, I wish it was Friday. We've all said it. I try not to say it too often because I got told off. Somebody said to me, oh, you really want to whiz the week through? And I went, actually, no, on reflection, I don't want to whiz the week through. I wish Sarah, Sarah Duchess of York, had disappear because I'm sick to death of this woman who quite clearly hasn't got a brain cell going on at all. She tearfully admitted on Oprah Winfrey's show that she was out of control with desperation. But she's managed to put a twist on the story. She's trying to get the public sympathy. And to be honest with you, I don't believe a word of it. She said here that the reason that she took the $40,000 was uh, to give to a friend. It was for a friend in need. $40,000. Wasn't for her at all. And she was at her lowest point in the gutter. Well, and she was drunk, and it was... Well, I'm sorry, I've watched it back time and time again. Didn't appear drunk to me, unless, you know, unless she does drunk differently from the rest of us. I just go, I have drinky-poos. Yeah, I... I give 20 quid to me, Auntie Enid. 20... I don't really... I don't believe anything she says. She's now saying... She, she apparently dabbed away tears as she watched the film of The Sting. Of course she did. What I want to know is, did Oprah Winfrey pay her for that interview... And secondly, how much slap did they put on her face? She was free for that. That was free for that. But what was the point of going on that? Did she not think? Because to be honest with you, this has got, without wishing to be rude, nothing to do with the Americans. This is a British story. It's got nothing to do with the Americans whatsoever. Why did she not go on this morning with Philip or Fern? Why did she go to America immediately, apart from the charity... And, uh, and then go on the Oprah Winfrey show. It's almost as if, you know, how can we turn this around and orchestrate something? Just go on Oprah Winfrey show. Why did she not do it here? Why is she coming up with this baloney about, oh, she was doing it for a friend in need? Name your friend in need, Sarah. Let's stop having all this rubbish that you come up with. The next thing is, she's, um, she's going to declare herself bankrupt, we hear in the papers. Because, uh, you know, it's, she needs to have a new start. This is a woman whose uh, companies have lost almost a million pounds and is supported by her daughters. And they don't exactly work for a living, do they? So you have to ask yourself the question. She apparently uh, told Oprah, I was out of control with desperation. Now I have to move forward. I will beg for forgiveness. Don't you get the feeling it's like a child? 
you know, going, I'm really, really sorry. Not really. Really, really, really sorry. Not really at all. Very, very sorry about everything that's ever done. Shame I got caught out. And it's really, really sorry. God, if they hadn't had a bloody camera there, I'd have got away with that one. Because it makes you wonder, doesn't it? It's like when people get caught out in something. They go, oh, caught you out with a prostitute. And they go, that's the first time it's ever happened. Yep, first time you've ever been caught out with a prostitute. It is awful, isn't it? It is awful. I see Beverly Callard's story is still uh, being serialised in the mirror. You heard it first on LBC 97.3. She's on our podcast. It's a great interview. I don't generally say that about my interviews. I mean, even though they are particularly good. But uh, I don't generally say it. But it's, it's a very honest interview. Generally, people, people tell us things on the programme that sometimes come as a big surprise to me and sometimes as big a surprise to them because I've had guests before say, I don't know why I've just told you that. I think I'll lull them to a false sense of security. Bit of coconut water. Have a strawberry. Hello. So anyway, so tell me about this extracurricular sex you're having. Is it any good? And sometimes we say to them, oh, the mics are off. They're not. We're still running. And <laughs> not really. But people tell you things. You know, if, if people trust you, they, um, they actually tell you things. I'm a bit, a bit disappointed, I'm afraid. Kate Humble says, meeting fellow presenter Chris Packham was love at first sight. They have chemistry together. Well, I have to tell you, I did Chris Packham when he did the Really Wild Show years ago. It was the most boring interview I've ever done. I know, you see, I liked him as well. Brought him in, and he was dull. I really wanted him to be, like, effervescent, and he bleached his hair. Do you remember when he bleached his hair blonde, and he was, he was pretty funky and all? He was so boring. I was, I was disappointed. I, I very rarely get, get disappointment. With the interviews. He, he was a disappointment, I'm afraid. And this girl's still going on today. The girl who fled Britain to marry a cafe owner in Egypt is back home regretting her big mistake. She looks like the sort of person to make a big mistake. Have you seen Shirley Valentine, love? Have you ever read the story? Have you not read all the other horror stories of women who sort of run... She, she ran away at 17 and, uh, and she, she meets this man and then he says, you know, it's all going very well. And he says, I, I need to take a second wife. She ran away from home so she could have children with him. I mean, I tell you, there's some dumb people out there. But luckily, it's all turned round, because she sold her story to Closer magazine, who seem to buy these sort of stupid stories nowadays. Frankly, it I, I just drives me insane. Drives me insane. Uh, other stories of the paper today. There's a lovely picture of a, of a wild baboon at Kruger National Park who has discovered the, uh, the ghastly Western habit of chewing gum. Now, in Singapore... It is illegal to drop chewing gum on the streets. They, they, will, they, they jump on you very, very quickly in Singapore. That's why it's very clean. Over here, people... Get, Somebody walked towards me the other day. I mean, he wasn't walking towards me, but he was just walking on the road. Spitting on the road. And as they walk past me, I always go, Ugh! I always do that in a loud voice, because it's filthy, disgusting people. Absolutely awful. And here's an orangutan, this, uh, this baboon, who's found a piece of discarded chewing gum stuck on a road. <laughs> He's put it in his mouth, and of course it's stretched out in front of him. It's quite a funny picture. Because <laughs> sort of, I hate it, because I've done that. I remember sitting in a cinema, in a theatre once, and I got up, and I have a habit of tucking my legs under the seat. I'm a bit Heather Mills. And uh, I sort of did that, and, and when I pulled my legs out, somebody had stuck chewing gum under the blasted seat, and it had stuck to my trousers. And so when you moved away, I've got... Tr- oh, it was just awful. What could you do about it? You don't want to touch it with your fingers... Because it's been in somebody's mouth. I hate people doing that. It just drives me mad. Um, Stephen Harlington says, dangerous behaviour. This is after people complained to Ofcom. Can you believe it? As if Ofcom didn't have enough things to do without worrying about somebody complaining about a regurgitator. I think it must be the loonies who sit down, oh, write a complaint. We'll go to Ofcom. People might put things in their mouth and swallow them. Like what? Spaghetti bolognese? Chicken Kiev? Things like, and then bring it back up again. Oh, right. 
Steve says, what do they think Doctor Who does? What's well, really dangerous. He doesn't regurgitate, but he does real dangerous things. Doesn't he? Like fighting people. You know, then you get drunks falling over the street. Like that. Uh, one here. You look as handsome and old as the legendary late Prime Minister Winston Churchill. I know. And surprisingly richer than Winston Churchill. And, and in case anybody doubts that, Winston Churchill had to have his house bought for him for, by his friends because he had no money. Because Prime Ministers didn't get paid very much money. Ben in Clam says Gordon Ramsay for London Mayor. Yes, I, I like... I don't have a problem with Gordon Ramsay. I love Gordon Ramsay. I think he swears quite a bit, though, in front of, uh, in front of women. I'm not really a big fan of... Although I have done it on occasion. Uh, Jess says, do you ever get the pine berries? No. No, we didn't get the pine berries. And Jamie says, have you not thought that by mentioning all your favourites on the radio that you push up the price of your favourites? I have a sudden urge to drink litres of coconut water now, washed down with strawberries and some red wine. It is true, actually. We do do that. I have been out before, and people have said, oh, I, because you mentioned it on the radio, and, you know, we, we, we did these, these giant strawberries, the, the king strawberries. Only a few strawberry varieties can be grown to this size. And you get... Sorry, about 15 in here, and they are absolutely enormous. I mean, they're a, they're a mouthful, and you do... And they're really juicy. Absolutely. They make your mouth water. If you're lying in bed at the moment... You're going to have to get up and go and have a glass of water because your mouth has now gone really dry and they're just... I'm really squidgy. I'm really... And you just hold them and you just... And your mouth's gone really dry, isn't it? Now you have to get out. There people going, find a, find a filling. Get the, wa- get the water, for God's sake. He started eating again in between <laughs> shaving radio presenters' chests. <laughs> I was going to do it to Jenny Barnett, but I thought better of it. Anyway, uh, other stories coming up. Uh, it's like, oh, it's late out, is it? Today? Good Lord, late out. OK. Uh, in the next part of the programme, more of your texts and emails, 84850, steve at And, um, oh, yeah, a cup, I forgot to drink my cup of coffee. Isn't that funny? I wonder if, I wonder if you could drink uh, dip strawberries in coconut water. Would you do that, I wonder? You could probably mix them up, couldn't you? That's a coconut water. I'm going to buy it today. Stick of vodka. Oh, I don't want to touch vodka again, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Definitely not. And uh, what else is that? Oh, Steve Hargrave will be here. And, uh, and the front page of the Sun today's poor old Theo Walcott gets himself an advertising gig with M&S and then gets dropped from the team. It's not good news, is it? She took my bag when she... Morning, team. Nine minutes past six. It's Wednesday. I have to keep reminding myself what day of the week it is. It's Wednesday. It's June the 2nd. And it's lovely to have your company. Sally is in bed eating King Strawberries for breakfast. Coconut water will be bought today. We're going to have coconut water tomorrow. We'll get the, the coconuts from Paul Cooper, and then we'll have coconut water. It's what, a, what a day tomorrow's going to be. What a thrill. Over the weekend, it was a bit of a thrill as well, because, as you know, our very own Phil Blacker, your very own, one of your own, went out there and uh, did <laughs> Wouldn't his... call it a thrill. <laughs> it was a thrill for me. I wasn't there. <laughs> I, I, I don't like seeing people cry very often. I'm told there were quite a number of people in tears. He had, he had his boxing match. He went out there three two-minute rounds. How did you do? Just about got through the third of the, uh, the three two-minute rounds. Really? I was still standing. Yeah, you were standing. That's about all I can say. Did, did, did you fall against the um, the things at one point? Only for a bit of bounce. Yeah, so people do that, don't they? And a bounce yeah. and then a bit, a bit of spring. Straight onto your face. <laughs> <laughs> bounce back up again. I'm told there was blood. There, there was a, a little bit of blood. Where did that come from? <laughs> My nose. Oh, that's so <laughs> awful. Why would anybody want to do this? I mean, it's not fun, is it? It wasn't at the time. No. Before and after was quite good. 
Because you went through a phase. I remember when, when you started training for this for this boxing match, which was down at the O2. Mm. And, and it was a case XL. of XL. Sorry, it was a case of oh, you know, we're going to go for this boxing match, and then and then it sort of got put off a bit, and then it got, and I thought we're never going to have this boxing match. Yeah, so did I. As you were hoping, <laughs> <laughs> and then he kept training, and then he kept sort of going back on the wagon, and then he was then he was drinking again, and he came off the wagon, and then he was training, mm. and then and then all of a sudden it loomed a bit closer, and then got a the, bit too real. It got a bit too real, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're thinking, I was hoping it was going to go away, but sadly here it yeah. is, and Saturday it was off. Mm. And uh, it, it was a good experience. Yeah. The, whole, the whole thing is. Did you sweat? Um, a little. Why do people sweat? In the, is, is it is it the nerves? Is, is it the adrenaline of people shouting? Are you conscious of anything around you? Or are you just thinking? No, this is it. I, I didn't didn't know what to expect at all because there was quite a big crowd there. Yeah. Um, certainly in terms of what I've been used to uh, yes. <laughs> boxing in front of before, <laughs> uh, and it, it was quite loud. I'm told, but when I was when I was actually in the ring, the, I was aware of nothing. It was like you're in a little bubble. All, all you see is oh. your opponent, and you don't really hear anything. It was. It's Did quite you have a thing surreal. on? Head, head thing. Had the head guard on, yeah. Right. You had something shoved in your mouth. Had the uh, had the mouth guard. Yeah, in, uh, like which was quite guards. useful. I don't yeah. think I'd have any teeth left were it not for <laughs> that. <laughs> and who actually came out fighting first? Um, the, Do you remember the, any of this? I didn't see a lot of it because <coughs> I, I was top of the bill somehow. Right, yes. <laughs> so our fight was last on. Yeah. Which meant there were probably about six or seven fights before that. I managed to watch the first couple, and then had to go backstage, as it were, to uh, to prepare. Do a little bit of light was that the moment you up. thought perhaps I could climb out of a window? Yeah, have you have you seen the first couple of fights? I thought, what on earth am I doing here? <laughs> um, and the the, yeah, the the sort of waiting around was was quite lengthy, so um, it was difficult to know exactly what to do. You know, when you should eat because you didn't know exactly what time you were going to be fighting and that sort of thing. Uh, but eventually, uh, we we got got in there. The ring walk was good. Uh, that, that was probably the best bit. Quite a, quite a decent reception. Quite a buzz going into the ring. Did, did a, you know, a little bit of a, a showboating, shall we say, there, at the start. I'd probably live to regret a little bit. Just, just playing up to the crowd, you know, giving a playing up to the crowd, giving a few fake jabs and uh, okay. yeah, exactly, exactly, which was all good. But kind of set myself up for a bit of a fall having done that because the other guy just got in there. None of that. He just ambled to his corner, very calm. Was, um, was he younger than you or older? A little bit younger, right. but crucially a little bit taller and uh, with yes, a I bigger reach, which, yes. which proved problematic as, as the fight went on. I actually won the first round, so right. I, was, I was fairly happy with that. <laughs> that was it, then. I got, I got back to the corner at the end of the first round and thought, well, it's not been a total disaster. It was gone, you know, yeah. sort of the, going all right. We've done yeah. one round already. First tick in Hooray. the box. It, it could have been worse. I could have been... Uh, Flat out in the first round. Second round was a bit more even. Nearly got knocked out, but I nearly knocked him out. So we sort of cancelled each other yeah, out in the second good. round. Yeah. Uh, and the third round, I just got a little bit too tired. Um, Thirty-three, thirty-six <laughs> minutes. A bit too tired. What, what, what's the tiring bit? Is it the jumping backwards? It's, and it's everything. Bit? It's the whole experience. It's you're constantly on the move, which yeah. which tires you out anyway. And you've got a constant danger of punches coming back towards your face, yeah. which just the whole realization of that is actually quite tiring mentally. Um, and by the third round, because we're talking split seconds, you know, if he throws a punch, I get out of the way. That was working in the first round. When I was a bit more tired in the third round, it didn't work quite as well. <laughs> I ended up blocking with my with my face. Yeah, so, yes, exactly. I can't be. I haven't got the strength. Because like, you often see boxers and they're out there fighting, and all of a sudden, you know, they sort of grab mm. each other. I wasn't other. very good at the grabbing bit. That didn't really come. Well, you're not really a tactile person. No, are no, you? Not, not really. No. Because no. no, sometimes so. they all try and snog, and I don't like that. <laughs> I just put your arms around me. Okay, that's it. Yeah, maybe a bit more grabbing and hugging would have been a good thing. And I yeah. Got well, you're supposed the, to do uh, that all the time. Back. I think to give you that that space. Mm. 
to then geese it. But sometimes you go, I just haven't got the energy to lift my arms up right. in front of me. And by the time you've got your arms sort of open and you're lunging to grab them, yeah. you've opened yourself up to get hit. So I decided not to do that. You see, I said to you before, wrestling would have been easier. <laughs> it would, actually. Wrestling would have been easier. I think I agree with you. Or the, the idea of you being picked up and slammed onto the canvas might not have been <laughs> so good. But at least, you, I mean, it was an experience, and you've done it, you don't need to worry well, about exactly. it anymore. Well, exactly. It was, you know, a one-off. Something I always, somehow, for some reason, I'm not quite sure why, wanted Sicko. to do. Um, <laughs> and I've done it. Yeah. And technically, it was a draw. I mean, I, I don't really buy that. They, they told me it was a draw, and they held both hands up at the end, because by the time I'd been counted out, it, yeah. the, the fight was up. So yeah. I, I kind of got to the end. Um, I think I lost, but technically it was a draw. Did somebody film it? Uh, it they did film it, actually. I th- I, apparently it's going to be out on DVD at some stage. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> which, uh, which will be interesting. That'll be very so interesting. I, I we'll all be watching the, it then uh, going, the what do you mean you think you lost? Yeah. <laughs> you definitely lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's you being carried out on the stretcher. Look, there you go. Well, the the one thing I'm, I'm still quite proud of is that I remain standing at all times. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you upheld the honour of LBC. Exactly. <laughs> Good luck. Well, Somewhere. well, at least we see you in one piece. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I had a bit of a bit of a headache that night. Nothing too serious, yeah. and I appear remarkably to have emerged fairly yes, unscathed. Absolutely, which is probably more. Your by speech has slurred judgment. a bit more. Yeah, I've yeah. noticed, <laughs> but the damage is probably <laughs> internal. <That's>, oh <laughs> lord! No, it's not. No, it was good. Well, I, I did. I did have to have a check afterwards with the ambulance people. Yeah, uh, it was all, sure. all very professional, and uh, and they were very uh, very yeah. good about things, and wouldn't well, let me go until until they were sure that there were there were no problems. Good. Well, I'm glad to see you back in one piece. Let us know when the DVD comes out. Yes, I will. <laughs> I'll wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> that you can't relive the horror. Professionally yeah. shot video. <laughs> How fantastic. Phil, nice Although to see you. All here on the video is my mum screaming at yeah. me inside. Leave my yeah. son alone. He's a nice boy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Nice to see Phil Blacker back in one piece, ladies and gentlemen. Because we, we, I mean, we we had high hopes all the way through. We had no <laughs> doubt whatsoever. Did you have your, your, your trunks with your name on the side? Um, no, I just had the sponsors logo. Oh right. Oh, well, that's right. Who were the sponsors? Which, uh, Fight Fit. He, well, he staged it all. They'll be thrilled. Uh, They'll be they thrilled. And, and the on the vest as well. But oh really? That was splattered in blood at the end. Oh, <laughs> so God. you can see the logo. Thank you. Sixteen <laughs> past six. <laughs> With the news headline, Sam Pittis. The US government has announced... Point three. Morning, everybody. We're trying to get hold of Steve Hargrave at the moment. But he's, he's going straight to his, his voicemail. So, but he didn't send the, uh, the stuff through till quite late, actually. Quite late. Uh, I was going to mention very quick a couple of things uh, which are taking... Pl- well, f- first of all, one is uh, uh, the Twickenham Festival this year. But uh, more importantly, because we, we will do you, do not panic. Uh, Gordon says, you're very kindly... Read out my email a few weeks ago thanking all the good people at St George's Hospital here in sunny Tooting for all their first-class care. And now I'd be very grateful if you could do the same for the staff at the Royal Marsden in Sutton. I've had daily radiotherapy there for the past month and they've always been very kind, very caring and punctual. So a big thank you to them and to the NHS. Well, I have no problems with doing that, Gordon. So Royal Marsden, big thumbs up from Gordon. And Tooting, man has put Tooting single-handedly on the map, and uh, and from all of your other patients as well, and to St George's Hospital, and actually all the NHS people who, who deal with people every day. Listening to this programme at the moment, they're driving in going, it's another day of sick people. It's another day of sick people. <laughs> but uh, you'll all do it, and it'll be absolutely fantastic. Actually, I was going to mention Carl on the, uh, the programme this morning, because, you know, he was producing on Sunday, and we had a record number of hits to the, uh, to the Twitter page on Sunday. In fact, it was even more than we thought. It ran into thousands by the end of the day. And I decided I wasn't actually going to tell him 
because I thought it could be a total disaster. But uh, he did very, very well indeed. So uh, I think secretly you were all just tuning into that page just to just have a look at the coffee machine and weren't remotely interested in Johnny or Carl or, or anybody else at all. But thank you very much indeed for the super figures. We're very, very happy with those. In fact, uh, it's three times what we normally get, three times the amount, thousands and thousands. Uh, Steve Hargrave, good morning. Good morning, you're right. I'm very well indeed, thank you, for, for a Wednesday. We love Wednesday. Yeah, my phone's gone away. Sorry about that, my other one. Do you know, mine yeah. did, yes. I tried to phone a friend of mine in France. My friend Daryl is working over there on the French Open. And, uh, and it, was, it just wouldn't connect at all. And I couldn't work out, you know, what was going on with it. But it never doesn't mind. like me. I was all happily sat in, listening about the boxing. You were, you were up ring. late this morning, weren't you? You didn't send your stuff through till late. I'm always up late. Oh, dear, Steve. You must be surviving on about three hours sleep a night. Yes. Oh, I hope I'm good. <laughs> Are you off today, though, or...? I've been losing my dashing good, youthful looks. No, no, I've had a look at you on the television. <coughs> you still look as young and youthful as you were. You might were. have gone all over again. No, uh, no, uh, no, we've got a few things going on today, so we're, uh, we're out and about today. Okay. Well. Right, uh, first of all, we've got a, a bit of music. Um, first music. of all, from the Bamboos. The Bamboos, they'd be from Australia. They're playing on Saturday at Cargo, doing a, a good sort of soul, funky thing going on. I... I Quite like this band, actually. Their last album, I, I, I quite enjoyed listening to. This new one, though, is just called Four. It's their fourth album. They thought, let's just call it Four. Genius thinking there. Um, so let's play a little bit of the bamboo. See if you like this one. It's a song from the album called You Ain't No Good. There you go. The Bamboos, fourth studio album. Uh, they the play bamboos. on Saturday at Cargo. Oh, that's all right. I didn't mind that. Nice, nice things yeah. going on. Okay. Bit of a nod of the head. Bit, a bit of a happening thing. Good, 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 good. <laughs> Always good. Always here to please. <laughs> exactly. That's what we like to hear from you. And uh, <laughs> on to Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn. What a funny mood this morning. He's on his second <laughs> album. No, it was just the fact that I was just sat and listening to the boxing thing and I could <laughs> box one day. I could box. No, you, no, you can't box. No. No, I mean, if, if we were going to think of something for you to do, I think it would have to be something like synchronised swimming. Thank you. Why do that? Why do that? Synchronised swimming, I think, would be great for you. I can just see you with a peg on your nose. Yeah, that could that could be my challenge. I think yes, the and the swimming well. hat, Stevie. You, you can see that, Kenny. <laughs> well, sadly, I have been able to see that for a number of years. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not just recent. <laughs> right, Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn, he's on his second album. Uh, this is out on Monday. There's a few albums out on Monday, actually. Blitz and Trap, who we played the other week. And the drums debut. But this one, we'll play a little track from called, uh, what's he called? Being Listening. This is his second album. He did a bit of acting. Many people thought, is he really a singer or was, or was his first album just a kind of an act? That's the problem you have when you just sort of sing and act. People mm. just wonder whether you're sort of for real. Um, but this album's been getting some good reviews. And we'll play a track from Johnny Flynn and his band, The Sussex Wit. The song's called Kentucky Pill. So- there you go, Johnny Flynn. I like that. I like and that. Johnny Flynn. Nice, yeah. nice voice. We like that. Well yeah. done, Johnny. Very, very nice voice. Uh, you're down at uh, Gigs of Biting tonight. Gigs of Gigs of Oh, Gigs of Bition. Sorry, do beg your pardon. New phrase. The kids have it. Yeah, it's, uh, an, it's an exhibition of some photos called the A to Z of London Singer Songwriters. That's tonight at Bar Music Hall in Shoreditch, which is quite cool because it's for Action Aid, for charity. So. I'm going to be off down there to look at some photos and listen to some bands. Some, uh, I think there's about uh, four or five bands playing down there tonight for a five or so. 
that's quite a good thing this evening, if anyone's free. And uh, what else? Oh, loads of tickets going on sale this Friday for Lady Gaga's announced another show, if you fancy that, although tickets are about 50 quid. I know we've spoken wow. before about how much tickets should be. Yeah. That's quite expensive, but she's played at the O2. That'll be her fifth time this year, so uh, she sells out. You no, know, m- must people, be a nice little earner if she's played it five times if, already. If people go, Exactly. If people go, then she's making a bit of a packet. Yes. Roger Waters going to play The Wall in full, as we knew he was, at the O2 as well. That's, yeah, they're uh, doing it around the world. A friend of mine's just got tickets for Rome. Indeed. It's not until next year. Yeah, next year. The, uh, she's got it for a birthday treat. Tickets go on sale for that this Friday as well. And the Manic Street Preachers tickets for show in Brixton go on sale this Friday. So jump on all them if you fancy going to any of them. Um, and also we have Mark Knopfler playing again this week. And the Hoosiers at Bush Hall tomorrow. And Bon Jovi, of course, start their long, long sort of stay at the O2 on Monday. They're also going to be playing on the roof, incidentally. It's, you know, like Kerry Venables did the other week. Yes, yes. Um, went up on the roof for that new World Cup song. I think Bon Jovi are doing a similar stunt. Oh, neat. On Monday. Neat. So look out for Bon Jovi on the roof for the OT. Excellent. Well, listen, enjoy the rest of your day. It's going to be a busy day for you, kiddo. It's going to be a busy day. I'm going to be up, I'm going to be awake, and hopefully my phone will work for me. Yes. Actually, I've just noticed I've got sent Neil Morrissey and England's Pride's new single, England's On The Way. And I think it's the, uh, the old token song, they all they all come out again. Same yeah. old tune. Yeah. I like Someone Neil Morrissey though. I always like Neil Morrissey. Yeah, I think Dizzy Rascal's doing a World Cup song as well. So, you know, the next week there'll still be a load more yeah. songs released. So, <laughs> good stuff. So well, listen, enjoy your day. I will do. You too. Good to speak to you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Steve Hargrave was one of our favourite boys, and is his picture up on the? Uh, is his picture? Oh, that's right. There's a picture of Steve Hargrave in bed. How we got that one, I'll never know. Uh, Noreen says, hope you're well. Do you have any holiday before Vegas? No. I think I might take a few days off, actually, in a couple of weeks, just to sort of rest my little body. Says, can you send love to a fan of yours who isn't doing too well right now, please? Who's that? Noreen, who is it? Who's not doing too well? Probably me, I should imagine. (laughs) Probably me. Uh, So I did mention all the good people at St George's Hospital and the Royal Marsden in uh, Sutton. And we've got a special event coming up as part of the Twickenham Festival, which we'll give a mention to after we've done the news and the travel and the horse racing, which comes next. This is... Morning, team. 26 minutes to uh, 7... Still getting over the uh, the huge download figures, which we've uh, just had through for May. Absolutely phenomenal. Best for two years. So thank you very much indeed. If you don't know about downloading and podcasting, go to the LBC website where you can laugh at pictures of us. Ha, 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 ha. Go to YouTube. Another, another laugh at film of us. Ha, 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 ha. But actually, actually we've got one uh, piece of film on YouTube which shows you the studio which we did on a, on a Sunday, and that seems to have been the most successful, strangely enough, of people curious to know what the studio looks like. It would be more interesting with Dave Berry in it, let me tell you, but, I mean, it's, you know, we're working on that one slowly but surely. Uh, now, as Alex said the other day, uh, he's off to uh, Fosslass in Deepest Wales, so I don't know how they did yesterday unless Sam has an inkling. Well, I might just, I might just. Do they, and, and Anne of Kiev? Well, forget Anne of Kiev. Oh. Anne of Kiev lost. It wasn't in the top three, according to Phil Blacker. Right. Uh, that's, how, how did you uh, do? Alex's choice. Well, uh, Margot did... Did very well, in fact. No. Oh, well. No. Careful. No. <clears throat> Get, brace yourself. I'm bracing. Get ready for this. I'm ready. Yesterday's results. Yeah. Sam Pittis, Margot did. One. It won? It won. How much? Well, 
Uh, it was uh, it was ninety four on, so uh, I can't actually write what Phil Blacker. I can't say what Phil Blacker has written here, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, not a lot of money. It's not a lot of, but it does. But he used to one. It's still a winner. Oh dear! There should be. Some, there must be some music we can play. There must be. I feel yeah. like I need to press a button. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. No, not no, no not da, 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 not the Mexican hat dance. That's not much. Not much use to you, is it? Well, I was excited. Uh, well, I thought you were, but it's difficult to tell when you are. Well, I am this morning. Fantastic. On I'm the s- record, officially excited. That's a Mars bar, you know. Is it? That's a Mars bar. I'd forgotten to be honest. It's been so it, long. It can either be a Mars bar or a crunchy. Last thing I bet on was Phil Blacker. Yes, well, exactly. Well, apparently, he, they, they both won. Well, that's what I keep saying, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's worth it for the that's blood. That's what I told to the honest, bookmaker. Yeah, it's what you said to him. Look, he said he won. I've got the, I've got the DVD here <laughs> of it. So, you, it, it's a Mars bar today. Good. Fantastic. So, today we're off to Nottingham, the 240 Fuzzy Cat. Now, we've had Fuzzy Cat before, I think. Yeah, I think he might have done. Yeah. I'm pretty certain it's a loser. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Not bitter, are well, we? Well, you know, when, you, when you're a winner like me... Winner, can, uh, winner, winner, winner. <laughs> what are you going to go for? Where's Michael? What? Uh, five race meetings, <laughs> Cartmel, Nottingham and Fontwell and at uh, Kempton and at Ripon as well. Uh, we're also at Nottingham, uh, 5.25 Nottingham and Field Day. Field Day. And let's hope we have one. Lovely, I hope so too, but I mean, there'll be something appearing on your desk in about uh, 30 minutes' time. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Steve. Ta-ra. Fantastic. Uh, text question for you today, if you, can, uh, if you can raise yourself for it. I know you're probably thinking about giant strawberries and coconut water. It's amazing how we managed to make coconut water last a programme. All of a sudden, we've got people going, I've got to try this coconut water. I wish I'd never mentioned it, because it's bad enough trying to find it as it is. But the question is, as we were talking about selfish acts earlier on, because most of us are just me, 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 whereas it turned out there was probably one in there that would make me selfish... And uh, all the other things I did. I opened doors. I give people lifts. I'm the first one to buy a round. Um, you know, the first one to do all these sort of things. In fact, I get quite angry if people don't let me buy rounds. I've been known to nearly start a fight down at the Barmy Arms. You know, when, when, when Alec and Hillary go, I oh, will just get... I said, no, I'm paying for it. Look, you can't keep buying. I'm buying this. So what selfish acts do you admit to? Or when did you do something selfless? What selfish acts do you admit to? Or when did you do something selfless. And listening to this programme and being nice is not the way forward, let me tell you. 84850 uk. Dawn says, I have a plan for this morning. Ha ha, a cunning plan. You might be talking about Britain's Got Talent, if it's in the papers. I don't want to hear who went through, but I do want to hear Steve Hargrave live, so I shall be listening and listen to the rest of the show once I've seen my recording of Britain's Got Talent. You'll probably agree with me. Well, I hope you agree with me, but we, we talked, I talked about it much, much earlier. I didn't mention it at all to see if you notice, because I knew that people would, would have comments on it. So I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to save that. However, I did promise a mention. Oh, Andrew Pierce, of course, this morning. Carol Malone's going to be looking through the papers. It's the same thing. It'll be Theo Walcott not going out there. The WAG's not being allowed to go out there. And uh, they say here Fabio Capello is to spy on the World Cup stars through their hotel room tellies, and he's going to install cameras. Well, that's tr- you're not allowed to do that. That's just totally illegal. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne has lined up Hollywood hotshot Johnny Depp to play him in a movie of his life. And uh, they, they've sort of... They reckon that this memoir of The Prince of Darkness would make a Tinseltown blockbuster. I'm sorry, I beg to differ, ladies and gentlemen. I really don't think that the great British public, apart from a few people, are going to be remotely interested in this. I don't think so. And strangely enough... Uh, he reckons Depp would be spot on as his alter ego because of his near-perfect British accent. 
And that's apparently it. That's, that's the way that they say. Ozzy and Sharon know Johnny is loved by women the world over. They reckon with a few tweaks he'd be made to look a bit rough and ready. But the trouble is women don't go for Ozzy Osbourne. They just go, oh, sad. Like the rest of the family. We've seen the Osbournes on the television. I don't think that uh, that film would do particularly well. However, I did promise to do this, and I shall do it for Alison now. Oh, apart from the fact that Little and Large don't talk to each other. Well, why they're doing this in the paper today, I've got no idea. Because we've known that for years. We've spoken to both Eddie Large... And Sid Little, and if you're if you're a double act and you've worked together for years, eventually you drift apart. It's it's quite a normal thing to happen. Uh, Morecambe and Wise didn't speak towards the end. They were both doing separate projects, and they didn't socialise away from the stage work. You'd, it would drive you mad. Absolutely. Why do you think all these groups split up after a while? They need to get their head together. You don't want to live in somebody's, you know, footprints all the time. Uh, one lives in Bristol, and uh, I think Sid lives in Blackpool. I think Eddie lives in Britain, so they don't, they don't speak to each other, as indeed they wouldn't. However, at the height of their, their fame, they were regularly getting, I think, 15 million as an audience. Nowadays, the uh, television stations break out the champagne if they get 8 million. So they were doing phenomenally well, phenomenally well. Oh, and, uh, and John Terry's father escaped jail after admitted dealing cocaine. Apparently, John Terry's father is unemployed. Amazing family, isn't it? Really fantastic family. Uh, the reason that he, uh, he escaped jail was because they said he was set up. They said it was, it was a sting. It didn't take much to get him to sell cocaine, though. Anyway, I promised to do this for Alison. As a major contributor, a major contribution to the Twickenham Festival this year, All Saints Church, which is in Campbell Road, is presenting graffiti classics in concert Saturday the 19th of June. Now, they're a sensational squi- string quartet. I couldn't say what they were, actually. Who are wowing audiences all over the world with their unique talent. They're a wonderful antidote for those who think classical music is as staid as stained glass. They're leaving everybody with a smile on their face, which has got to be good. So, can you give them a mention on your programme, Steve? There really is cultural life beyond Twickenham Green, and we want to prove it and put utter, uh, Upper Twickenham on the map. Tickets are £12 from All Saints Twickenham at hotmail.co.uk. All Saints Twickenham at hotmail.co.uk. But because it's not till the 19th of June, and because we're only at the 2nd of June, Alison, I'm going to ask you to send me that again a few days beforehand, OK? Because sometimes people forget things that are, uh, that are taking pay- place in the Twickenham... I can't speak now. In the Twickenham Festival. <laughs> Doing so well at the beginning of the programme. And uh, so we'll mention it again... About a week, a week in. OK, good luck for, uh, for that one. Uh, more on uh, the Papers' Day. Theo Walcott dramatically booted out of the World Cup. Do you know he's only 21? Why do I keep thinking Theo Walcott's about 40? I don't know. It's odd, isn't it? I don't know why. Because I'm, I'm confused with somebody else. He's, he's, he's 21 and he has a girlfriend called Melanie Slade. Melanie Slade Wag. So she's going nowhere. She'll be going, why are we not going to South Africa? Because most of them talk like that, don't they? And Victoria Beckham, according to the uh, Sun today is ordering huge amounts of fruit to munch on at photo shoots, but insists the healthy treats must not be mixed up. I mean, most people do it. I would have thought Victoria Beckham was a bit more down to earth. She was only a Spice Girl, for God's sake. But they all make demands. I'm I'm not too sure if I believe this kind of thing. Apparently, she's said to have been putting on weight. Victoria Beckham, weight, gain. Not sure about that one. Well, they they say here, as her her and Dave try for their fourth child, but the rider sent to set managers... Uh, says that butter, oil, full-fat salad dressings are banned and requests chopped fresh fruit, cut pineapple with grated lime peel. God, it's a bit precious, isn't it, from an Essex girl? Uh, Green seedless grapes, red grapes, frozen, 
cut-up pear with lemon juice, apples, peeled, pink grapefruit, strawberries, blueberries and raspberries. But it does warn, please do not mix up the fruit, but keep separate. It's a little bit pressure. It's like, I mean, who was the band who had a short while ago? They wanted Smarties, but they had to remove the blue ones. They had to remove the blue ones for some reason. I think, I think that that's just being a little bit stupid, isn't it? And they just sort of, I think they make it up to make it look as though they're all being a bit, a bit, uh, a bit precious. More on the Duchess, skint, but the cash wasn't for her. It was for a friend. And as somebody's pointed out to me, if, as she says, she was drunk and she was in her lowest possible point, how rude and offensive to the man she was trying to cultivate because he was a Muslim, a devout Muslim, and she was drunk in front of him, drinking wine. I bet they were thrilled, weren't they? I'd say, Sarah, most people don't believe you, I'm afraid, this morning. She does say here, I'm a huge, over-trusting, idiotic, stupid woman. Yep, I think that would just about sum you up, I'm afraid. But uh, I don't want to see any more silly interviews. You know, you're British, you screwed up over here, the people you apologise to is, is, is not us. I couldn't care less what you do. Um, it's of no interest to me. You know, if you try to sell Andrew, try to, I'm, not, I'm really not that interested. I don't think it's anything to do with us. I just feel a bit sorry that at the age of 50, your life is a complete unmitigated disaster. Quarter to seven. News headlines, Sam Pittis. BP is facing a criminal and civil... BBC 97.3. Thank you very much indeed. It's uh, 12 minutes to seven. So what selfish acts do you admit to? Do you admit to, you know, not picking up money? If, if somebody drops it, do you just leave it there? Or do you, have, have you done... I'll tell you what I've done before. I've just realised what I've done before. I saw somebody drop some money once. It was No, they didn't drop it. I saw it, it was a pound coin on the floor. I thought, it's a pound coin, it's a pound coin. So what I did was I put my foot over it. And then I stood there chatting away to somebody... And at the same time, I'm trying to move my foot backwards with the pound coin. I was so desperate for a pound. How sad. And uh, it was quite nice, actually. I might do it with something. I must go to the chemist today. I went into the chemist yesterday, into goods, to, to drop my prescription box back. And I said, I'll pop back later and, and collect my prescription. I completely forgot about it. How daft am I, eh? Yes, sir. How daft am I? You went, yes, you can have a strawberry. OK. Oh, that's right. Pick, pick the reddest and the the biggest <laughs> strawberry. So, do you do that? Act. Is that a selfish act? If if you pick, and if, if, if I said to you, that's my favourite strawberry. Well, now you've eaten it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, would you then, if if I said, oh, I wanted that one, would you then put that back in the box, or would you go tough? Um, you well, you I could put it back in the box now. Yeah, we don't want it back in the box yeah. now. You've eaten the blooming thing. One for later. Yes, please. What do you mean for later? This is later. How much well, later? I was going to offer one to Dave Berry, but I think he might think it's a bribe. Poor soul. <laughs> You look at the panic on his face every time we walk past the studio. Uh, Miles says, Do you realise all this talk, Steve, of coconut water has probably put the price up by another quid? Crikey. Yeah, I wish I'd never mentioned it, but now we, I, I'm going to have you drinking fresh coconut water. I'm going to have it, if, if, because I read it on the... It's, it's as good as two bananas. It's as good as two bananas, so that's good. Steve, Michael Caine for mayor. Good. Uh, and Dale says, I thought little and large had split up, so why are they in the news? Well, the story is that they don't talk to each other. But that is the same with all double acts. You look at double acts or groups, you know, after a while, if you've spent a lot of time with them, you tend not to because you've spent so much time with them. I think you need a, you need a break. Uh, Barry wants to take uh, his daughter to a, an unusual museum. Museum of London's quite good if you want to learn about the capital. I like which museums. There's a very good teddy bear museum. Just type in on... In fact, I tell you what you do. Type in on Google, unusual museums. Or felling that London for free. That's always very good indeed. Um, da -da 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 -da. Welbeck Abbey. 
The Duke of Portland, whose face was badly disfigured, went everywhere, in tunnels especially made, also had an underground ballroom. Actually, the underground ballroom is very near us. Why are we talking about that? I can't remember why that was there. Uh, Jane Moore talks in her column today about more iffy than squiffy, the Duchess of York, and her dreary interview. And um, she says, unsurprisingly, the scorn has already started with US chat show host David Letterman doing a top ten list of Sarah Ferguson's excuses, which include woozy from Iceland, volcano ash, and how else am I supposed to support myself without getting a job? I was drinking. Isn't much after. It's true, actually. And, of course, she, I mean, I just find it embarrassing that, you know, somebody makes a huge mistake and then goes on television to talk about it. Why have we not seen anything in the British press from her, as opposed to reruns from an, uh, from an American interview? Great shame, I'm afraid. And uh, well done to old croquet-playing rogue John Prescott, who's happily accepted a peerage. He's going to be presenting Have I Got News For You, which is good. Uh, in addition, I mean, incident, I should point out, this award is not for him. It's for the Lady Pauline. You remember the Lady Pauline, don't you? You remember the 1999 Labour Party conference in Bournemouth? This is the same John Prescott who used a chauffeur-driven limousine to, to travel 250 yards. That was in case the Lady Pauline's hair got messed up in the wind. Another champagne socialist. I mean, I find it, I mean, just hypocritical. Fighting climate change, says Jane Moore. He could start with cutting back on the endless stream of hot air coming out of his self-justifying mouth. Oh, dear. I can't wait to bump into the Lady Pauline. Cannot wait. Fantastic. Uh, Other stories of the paper today. Uh, There's a girl here. She's been hailed a mini Picasso. 32 of her paintings were sold for up to £16,000 each. She comes from Melbourne, Australia. Mum Nicky says they're all her own work. Well, I always thought Picasso couldn't, couldn't draw for toffee. I just thought it was throwing paint on the floor. Just didn't, uh, didn't understand that at all. I remember on Have I Got News For You, do you remember Roy Hattersley, when he didn't turn up for one of them, they replaced him with a tub of lot. <laughs> I wonder what they're going to, to do for, for, uh, for Prescott. Do you think they'll be sitting there with ermine robes on? I can't wait to see how Ian Hislop's going to treat him. Oh, he's going to annihilate him. Because the one thing Prescott doesn't have is a sense of humour. He really doesn't have... You remember when that bloke tried to throw an egg at him? He really didn't see the funny side. Two jabs at, you touch me again, you little... Oh, I tell you, nasty streak coming there, nasty streak coming here. Here's um, Amy Winehouse, and uh, she's binned Blake Fielder Civil and is going out with some other bloke who looks like he's an extra from, from a modelling agency. He's got a, he looks like a bit of a young Reggie Cray, they say in the papers today. Uh, mind you, why on earth you'd want to be seen out with Amy Winehouse? I've got any woman with tattoos all the way up her arms and a dead beehive on her head. I mean, why would you want to hang around with something like that? Unless it was for publicity purposes. Because they're all talking about, you know, that's what people do now. You know, you, you see... Oh, remember the hoopla pair from Blackpool? Remember they were operating the bent uh, hoopla on Blackpool Seafront and they got taken to court? Well, they were back days later setting up another bent game. on Bla- So the police whizzed them back into court again. They're not learning, are they? They were charging tourists a pound to throw. One bloke is said to have spent about 1,600 quid. The uh, police in Blackpool have said we operate a zero tolerance on people who operate bent games. But I would have said the worst odds on any funfair are the hoopla. The only way that hoop will ever go over those things. It fits over is if it's dropped from above. Throwing a hoop will not actually get it. Tesco have uh, carried on selling cheap booze. This is after its boss back to campaign to curb binge drinking. They lopped up to 6p a litre below the cost price just days after their chief, Terry Leahy, publicly backed moves to end their cheap promotions. 
It's just a small wonder we're in a, a culture of booze everywhere. And Christo mentioned this, and I was fascinated to see it. It's uh, the James Bond Aston Martin DBS. It's got everything, including the machine guns. It's the one that was made for the film. They had two. One is they don't know where it's gone to. And this one's been sitting over here. It's going to be sold. The machine guns obviously didn't work, but you can still press a button to move them into position. It should look cool on the high... You can imagine that, can't you, on the high street? They say, would look cool on the high street. So here you are, driving down Tottenham High Street. You push a button, and machine guns come out the front of your car. Oh, the police are going to love you. Mind you, you'd be stupid to drive around there because this car is going to go for £4 million. Who would say it won't get you anything like £4 million. It's got uh, a radio telephone concealed in a secret compartment. I've got one. It's called my pocket. Uh, it's got a radar scanner in the driver wing mirror. It's all, it's all just made-up stuff for the films, but it, it is the, uh, the car from the movies. I quite like it, actually. It's uh, a sleek silver motor, £4 million. Who on earth would have that much money? Answer. Loads and loads of people. Four million pounds, absolutely nothing nowadays. Uh, Britain's Got Talent is proving a massive earner for ITV. They reckon the series could earn £80 million in revenue for ITV. That is some going. That is really some going. So well done to them. And uh, Will I Am... What is it with these people who have stupid names in the pop business? Will I... Is, is it either William or something else? Apparently went shopping the other day in Vivian Westwood's store and spent, in a matter of minutes, 30 minutes... Um, £15,000. He turned up with some scary-looking minders and asked for the swanky outlet to be closed for him so he could lap up the glitzy garb. Well, to be honest, you, Will, I am. I wouldn't have the faintest idea what you look like. You could walk in here now and I wouldn't know who you were at all. So the idea of having to close a shop, I'd be getting. No, I don't think so, pop it. £15,000? <laughs> Hardly worth bothering. You know, spending a million, I could understand it. Oh, and the soldier whose pit bull savaged his four-year-old nephew to death was jailed for four months the other day. Far too short. There's a picture of him going into court... Christian Fulks, a rather stupid man. He was told he'd live in a cavern of guilt for allowing his banned pet Uno to maul defenceless John Paul Massey. I love it when they say, can you turn up in court and try and look a bit humble? So they put a suit on that doesn't fit and a tie and everything else. Four months, not long enough, is it? Not long enough. That's uh, just about it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your company. A jolly good programme, you know, jolly good programme. And uh, we'll do it again tomorrow morning. Thank you for podcasting. Thank you for downloading the podcast. Thank you for reading the blog. Thank you for having a smile. And thank you for going out and buying coconut water. Because it's just made it more difficult for me to go and buy this uh, stuff. We'll do it again tomorrow. As I say, if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, you can have a laugh at all the pictures of all the contributors and go, oh, that's what they look like. That's Steve Hargrave in bed. Good grief. And there's a fairly good picture of Steve Allen looking a little bit slimmer. Actually, I think I'm losing weight. I think it's my new trim line me for this year. So when I get to the beach eventually, I can sort of take my shirt off. It is at the moment a fantasy, I have to tell you. So join us tomorrow. Keep it tuned to LBC. They're all here later on today. They'll take your phone calls, take your texts, take your emails. And Andrew Pearson, his guests, are with you after the news at seven o'clock. Before all of that, it's today's business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing down 25.